Father, in your name, and Lord, by the power of your Spirit, we pray that you would come among us this morning as we gather around your word, that you would anoint it, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, would you take a living coal of the altar, touch these stammering lips, and Lord, we pray, give us ears to hear, hearts that are willing, lives that are surrendered, all in the altar. Lord, consume us afresh with the power of your Spirit. Do your deep work in us, Lord. Lord, and through as we pray all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Uh, I just want to pick up a verse that I was speaking on on Wednesday night just for a few moments. It's Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. Matthew 12 and verse 28. And uh, just over these next couple of weeks, just believe the Lord's directing me in this particular area. Uh, concerning the demonstration of the kingdom and uh, how we need a manifestation of God's kingdom in these days. We need God to move by His Spirit. We need a revival. We need a, a move of God. We need the river of life. We need, in these days, to see God move through His people, through His church, the church of Jesus Christ. The only answer against the influx of wickedness is the church to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, his gospel to be preached in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It's the only answer. And I believe that we are a people that believe that in our hearts genuinely and sincerely, and we're looking and longing for a move of God's Spirit in these days. It's the only answer against the tide of wickedness that has swept into our country to our nation, to our cities, to our towns, to our villages, into the church, into our homes. The only answer is a demonstration of this kingdom. The only answer. Nothing else. Not an intellectual answer, as much as I believe we have to communicate the gospel clearly. But without the Holy Ghost, friends, it's just mere words. And we need the power of God. And I believe it's God's purpose to do that work. This kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It knows no end. This power is not waning. This is an infinite, almighty power. Christ is on the throne. Devil has been defeated at Calvary. There's power in the blood of Jesus. We've been given a commission. We've been given the Holy Ghost. And we need God to do a work. I need God to do a work. You need God to do a work. We need God to do a work in our lives because time is running out. And let's believe God together this morning as we come. Matthew 12, verse 28, Jesus said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Can I read that verse again? Jesus said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else, how can one enter in into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Acts chapter 10, there's a lot of these verses, I would say that in this church we could probably quote from our heads, but Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, would you follow these verses this morning? Then in a few moments we'll be going into Luke chapter 4. 
Uh, and I just want you to follow the Word of God this morning. I pray that your heart is open for God to speak to you, to speak into your heart, to, for the Lord to deal with us in mercy. But in Acts chapter 10 and 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And I can tell you, friends, this morning that God is with us. Because he's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. From the beginning, if you turn into Luke chapter 4, of the glorious earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the three years of his earthly ministry to the, to the moment that he cried from the central cross, the words, it is finished. Jesus demonstrated his kingdom on earth with power. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. We read the story, uh, and just following on for where Brent had sort of left us this morning, to behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Just immediately after that, he goes into the river, and there John the baptizer baptizes the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes up out of the waters, and the heavens opened, and the Spirit of God descended as a dove upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a voice from heaven and this glorious baptism and the Spirit of the Lord upon the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God, very God, in man, in the flesh. He wasn't created by God. He is the eternal God. The Word was in the beginning with God. By Him all things were created. And now God in the flesh, anointed of the Holy Ghost, He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There He is tempted by the devil, and we know that he overcame the devil by the word of God. It is written. He quotes the word of God, defeats the powers of darkness. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, would you follow it with me this morning? I know we know this story well, but just ask the Lord to bring all of this afresh to our hearts. It tells us as he comes from the wilderness that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in the Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ coming out of that wilderness. He had met the devil face on as a man and overcame him by the word of the living God. And he returns from that wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost. And now we see that in that earthly ministry, Christ as a man under the inspiration and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost would demonstrate the kingdom of God. In Luke 4 and verse 18, as he goes up into that synagogue, he opens that book and there he says, reading from the prophet Isaiah, would you read verse 18 through the 19 with me? 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The assault. This was an assault upon the kingdom of darkness. This was an assault. We are in a conflict. There are two kingdoms, only two. There is the kingdom of God 
And there is the kingdom of Satan. There is a kingdom of light. And there is a kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms. There's only two types of people on this planet. Those that are saved by the grace of God. Washed in the blood of Calvary. And those that are in sin. And under the influences of the kingdom of darkness. Thank God you're saved. Thank God you're saved. He has translated you from the kingdom of darkness. This is not a journey. This is not an alpha course. This is the born again experience. You are delivered from the kingdom of darkness and you are translated into the kingdom of his own dear son. We are not on a journey, friends. We are not trying to work our way through it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Thank God this morning the old things are passed away and everything has become new. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. That's the born again experience. That then they are friends. That is not a new creature. It's not the born again experience. That then they are that is just traveling through a series of lessons and at the end of it a pat on the back. Welcome to church. Sit in the pew. Friends, it's over. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. There's an assault on the kingdom of darkness. Once he held them by the power of sin and death and darkness, but Jesus came along and he touched me and he set me free. That's an assault on the kingdom of darkness. Every person that was healed, it's an assault on the kingdom of darkness. Every blind eye that was opened, that was an assault on the kingdom of darkness. Every leper that was cleansed, that's an assault on the kingdom of darkness. When Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead, that's an assault on the kingdom of darkness. When the children came and sat on his knee, and with joy they were singing in the house of God, that was an assault on the kingdom of darkness. The devil was driven out. Christ was glorified. And the people of God were free. That's an assault. That's the demonstration of the kingdom of this Christ. The Spirit of the Lord, He said, is upon me because He has anointed me. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Friends, the church is sleeping. The church has been infiltrated by the powers of darkness. The devil has been given place. He's running rampant in our homes, in our lives, in our nation. But it's the hour under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that the church rises again in the power of the Holy Spirit. So there must be an assault on this kingdom because this kingdom will assault you. Listen, this kingdom will assault you. This kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm not talking about fists and feet. I'm not talking about the words. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. We have become spiritually pacifists. We have, friends, we are asleep. We are allowing the devil just to run rampage and say, we don't know what to do. We'll just hold fire and hold on and hopefully something will happen. But listen, Paul tells us that we are in a battle. We are wrestling, not with the flesh and blood. There are principalities. There are powers. There is wickedness. There are rulers. There is wickedness in high places. But our weapons, they are mighty through God. They're the pulling down of every stronghold. But we're asleep. 
and the devils run rampage through our families, our towns, and even the church of Jesus Christ. It tells us here that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God. It's the power of God. We hear all over the place of so many coming to faith, coming to church, churches that are bunged. So many, we are being told, are coming to be saved. But yet we see no change in a life. We see no fruit of the Holy Spirit. We see no change. Now we've blended all that in. The church has become worldly. And now we've given place to the devil. And we have lost the power of the Holy Spirit. Years ago, I think, I can't remember where I've seen it. I used to say praise equals power. But friends, I want to tell you, purity, holiness equals power. Praise will come. Holiness, purity, purity in the house of God will equal power. Follow on in Luke chapter 4 as Jesus delivers this wonderful truth. The announcement of his kingdom, his ministry, the assault. He closes the book in verse 20. And he gave it to the minister, sat down. And then all the eyes of all of them were in the synagogue, were fastened on him. And then he began to say, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Is not this Joseph's son? In other words, this can't be God. They began to question immediately his daddy. His dad, who is he? This can't be, this can't be the son of God. This can't be Jesus. This is Joseph. Joseph's son. Follow through with me. And he said unto them, you will surely Say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also in thy country. He said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when a great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Serba, a city of Sidon, a woman that was a widow and many lepers in Israel in that time of Elias the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and they rose up, thrust him out of the city, and led him onto the brow of the hill whereon the city was built, and they might cast him head, head, him down headlong, but he, passing through the midst of them, went his way and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, taught them on the Sabbath days, and they were astonished at his doctrine. Why were they astonished at the word of the Lord? Why? What does it say here? For the word, for the word, listen, friends, this morning, for the word was with power. For the word was with power. And in the synagogue, there was a man. In the synagogue, there was a man. I want you to watch it. Remember our opening verse in Matthew 12. If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom is come unto you. Now remember what he said. And remember the glorious ministry that's begun. Remember this is an assault 
on the powers of hell and darkness. And now it's another Sabbath morning. It's a Saturday for the Jews. It's a Sunday for the Christian Sabbath. And now there's a man. And just like every other Sabbath day, he's coming to the house of God. He's come week in and week out. He's come. He's enjoyed the service. Perhaps could you just run with me this morning? He's just gone through the motions of songs. He hears people praying, thanking the Lord for what He's done in their lives. They're going through the ritual of the service. They're just going through it. This man has come. This is not his first time in the Sabbath in the synagogue. It seems as though this is a regular attender to the house of God. He just comes every week. They're going through the rituals. They're going through the motions. They're going through all the mechanics of religion. But let me tell you, friend, there's something different about this house that day. There's something different in that house. And the difference was that there's a man in that house and his name is Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? You see, I want you to hear me very clearly. There's a man that's coming week in and week out. It could be a woman. It could be a man. But he's coming week in and week out. And the Bible says he had a spirit of an unclean devil. He had a spirit of an unclean devil. He was able to go to church every week. He was able to go through a service every week. He heard the messages from the Old Testament. He heard the scriptures being read out. He heard all the things that happened in the house of God. But this day was going to be different. This man comes. The Bible tells us there in verse 33. He had a spirit of an unclean devil. And when he walked into that house. Brothers and sisters. There's real devils. And there's real unclean devils. Are you hearing me this morning? The reason why we're going here. Is because there's been an infiltration. Of spiritual wickedness into the church of Jesus Christ today. Now, some people might find this uncomfortable, but friends, I want to tell you something. God wants to do a work in His house. God wants to do a work in His house. You got to know this. This man has been tormented with a devil, with a spirit, an unclean spirit. The word unclean is referring to immorality or an impurity in his life. Listen, some people get uncomfortable with this, but I think we need to come to be very clear where we are today. Let me tell you, friends, sexual immorality, sexual immorality, impurity has completely stripped the church of Christ with power. The vessel of the Lord must be pure. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. The vessel of the Lord must be holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. There is an absolute outpouring of spiritual wickedness in these last days. I want you to stay with me. I want you to stay with me. There is an outpouring of unclean spirits, devils, 
in these days. They have infiltrated the church of Jesus Christ. They have stripped men and women of the victory and the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. They have infiltrated subtly into God's kingdom. And they have stripped men of their purpose, their calling, and God. And women. An unclean spirit. We might be able to stand at the door, sit in the back row, sit in the front row, preach in the pulpit, sing on a mic, play an instrument. But I want to tell you, friends, everyone's a target. And so, the subtlety of the enemy is, just carry on. The subtlety of the distortion of the message of grace in this day is, you stay in your bondage, claim grace, everything's going to be okay. I want to tell you, friends, Jesus did not come that I would remain in bondage. Jesus came, as we heard it this morning, to set the prisoner free. The distortion of the message of grace is you can just live like that. It's going to be okay. Just keep going through the motions. That's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus has come to set us free. The power of the blood of Jesus cleanses us a man from all sin. To deliver us, to know the joy of this salvation, to know the victory in Jesus, to know that I'm saved by the power of God, I'm kept by the power of God, and I'm purified by the power of God. And so the grace of God today has been changed in order then, live like you want to live. God understands your battle. I want to tell you, God wants to give you victory. God wants to give you victory. Not to live in besetting sin. Not to live in habitual sin. Not to live cornered in by the devil and stripped of your power like Samson. But to give you the victory of a risen Christ. And so there's been an infiltration of an unclean spirit. How many people agree? Don't we know it? It's all around us. Spiritual wickedness. Friends, you know what I'm talking about. You know the impurity. You know the sexual sins. You know the pornography. You know the adultery. Jesus said, you look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Fornication. Sex outside of marriage. The internet has been... Well, I know everyone says, we can use it for good, brother. And we can. And we can. I would say probably 1%. And I'm being kind. I'm being kind. It has been the tool, the weapon, the device that has stripped the church of its power. Men living, men living, young, old, women living, we're hearing the statistics, living in a place in the church of utter, complete bondage through the power of pornography, the internet. I know people are uncomfortable. You should do this in a special wee meeting somewhere in a corner. I'm going to tell you, friends, I'm here, and I'm going to expose the powers of darkness. I'm not exposing you or me. I'm exposing the powers of darkness today because Jesus wants you to be free. This man comes to church. I'm bringing it into our context. Or this woman, it could be a man or a woman, but I know God's put this in my heart for whoever it is. But the battle... The guilt, the condemnation, the isolation, the power of darkness, the tormented spirits. The purposes of God, the plan of God, land ruins. 
You go in and you hear maybe, oh, that was a great message on grace. That is to tell me everything's going to be okay. Just to tell me that I can live this way. I'll tell you what grace tells us. Grace tells us in Titus to depart from evil. That's what grace is. Depart. So friends, it has to be more than a song, a sermon, or going through the rituals of a service. Jesus has come to purify his house. We want to see a demonstration of the kingdom. Jesus wants to purify his house. Who wants to be purified? I want to be purified. Do you want to? It should be the natural reaction, not for us to run away, but for us to come and say, God, I want to throw off the filthy rags of sin that have tormented me. I want to throw off all the images that have been planted. And Lord, I know that you can renew my mind. You can refresh me in my spirit. You can break me from every bondage. You can set me free. Is it a different gospel? Is it a different Jesus? And so Jesus sees this man. And here's a demonstration of the kingdom. Remember what he said? If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom has come unto you. And many people know and know of a truth. We need to see a demonstration of his kingdom in the church. Right here. Well, we wanted to see Abel saved. We wanted to see Margaret saved. We wanted to see, yes, we do. But friends, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. So this man comes through the door. Could I take you on a journey with him? He's in great need. Everyone around him Knows no idea what's going on, but he knows. See, he just comes in. You might have a shirt and tie. You may not have a shirt and tie. You might look the part. You may not look the part. It doesn't really matter. But here he comes again. Battling through, pressing through, through the door. It's going to be different this morning. Because someone's there. Somebody's there that can set this man free. It's going to be different. Friend, I want want you to hear me. See what religion can do for you. Here's all religion can do for you. Whether it's a homosexual spirit, whether it's a homosexual spirit, whether it's a, a bondage that's been in your life for decades, whether it's whatever, here's what religion's going to do with you. Listen, we really care for you and love you, but there's not really a lot more we can do, but just try your best. And you know if your sin's too ugly for us because we're a nice wee bunch. We don't want really bad sinners. Maybe you could go somewhere else. Now, we may not say that, but it's easier to do that. It's easier to have the ugliness of that deep sin that we think we're not as bad as that to sort of go somewhere else. I think someone over here could help you. I think, I know a number. We could ship you down the road and then, oh, that was a close one. No, friend, let me tell you something this morning, what I believe. I believe the demonstration of the kingdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is not here this morning to cast you out those doors. 
He's here to set you free. Now you have a choice. You have a choice, man or woman. I don't know who you are or who, plural, they are. But you have a choice. You can carry on. It just be like other times. I'll rise up, just like Samson. It's going to be all right. I'll just rise up in my own strength. Self-dependency, self-effort strips the church of the power of God. I'll just get up like other times and I'll go out not knowing, not knowing that that power is gone. So you have a choice. You can humble yourself under the hand, the almighty hand of God. And know the delivering power of the Spirit of God this morning and have prayer to bring that great deliverance. Let me tell you, friend, no one is here to condemn you. We are here with the message of the gospel that you will be saved. That means delivered. Well, you say, well, I am saved, but I am struggling with this. Thank God that there's mercy and he is a great deliverer. You can make a choice. I'll suppress this. I don't want anyone to know what it's like. I'll tell you what you're doing. Let me tell you what you're doing. You're making a pact with the devil. Because you're not aligning yourself to the truth of God's word. So when you say, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm just going to keep this suppressed. I'll sort it out tomorrow morning. Just me and God, let me tell you what you're doing. You're aligning yourself with the powers of darkness. But when you open it, and when you say, God, have mercy on me, I'm going to tell you what happens. The floodgate of heaven opens, and the glory and the power of Jesus flows into that soul, and he sets you free. So they cried, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know, I know thee, who thou art. You're the Holy One of God. The devil knew. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed. Friends, we need a demonstration. Maybe not what you thought it was going to go on. We need a demonstration of the kingdom. But we need a demonstration of the kingdom in God's house. We do. We need a demonstration of the power of God. Every supernatural act. Remember what he said. If I cast out devils by the spirit of God. This kingdom. The words cast out means to eject. To drive out or to pluck up. How many people know we need to drive out the powers of darkness? The enemy has come in like a flood. But the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. We're against something. We're actually up against something that's spiritual wickedness and powers. 1 John 3 and 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested what? That he might what? Help you live with your sin and cohabitate with the powers of darkness and try to get through it yourself. No, that he might destroy the works of darkness. The works of the devil. The words he might destroy means to loosen, to break, to dissolve, to melt, or to put off. Jesus wants to break the power of sin in a life this morning. I don't know who it is, but you need to hear me, friend. Whether you're a man or a woman, an older person or a younger person, 
Jesus didn't die to give you a defeated life. Jesus died to give you victory. You need to hear me this morning tormented in your mind, living in defeat, going through the motions, in and out of church. I don't know who you are. I honestly don't know who you are this morning. God has not revealed those things to me. But you know that God's speaking to you this morning. You may be on this platform. You may not be. But I want to tell you, God's about to clean his house up because there's a revival coming. There is a revival coming and he's going to purge his house. He's not going to cast you out. He's not going to beat you with a stick. In his mercy, he's going to deliver you. But will you humble yourself and come? By the mercy of God, in an age of complete breakdown, in an age where lives are tormented and overcome and ruined by the power of the internet and everything that comes with it. Friends, this morning, there's the power and the demonstration of a kingdom that's greater than the kingdom of darkness. There's a man that is the king of this kingdom, and his name is Jesus. And where his kingdom is, the king's there. And he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. He instructed his disciples in Luke chapter 9. If you would turn with me this morning. I don't know how far we'll get here. But Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and 2. We will be on it for a few weeks. But Luke 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together. And this is what he said. He gave them power and authority over all devils. And to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Now he's given them the power and the understanding and the revelation that we're here to assault the kingdom of darkness. And I'm going to give you power to do this. And they went down, it says in verse 6, they departed and they went through the towns preaching the gospel and they healed, healing everywhere. What was happening? Now he was demonstrating to them every town they went into, every village they went into, they went with the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. They healed the sick. They set the prisoner free. They opened the blinded eyes, not in their power, but in the power of the Holy Ghost. What was happening? There was an all-out assault on the kingdom of darkness. Christ was being glorified. It was not the power of the disciples. It was the power of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 10, if you turn over verse 19, what does he say there? Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. These are types and understandings of the the demonic activity of the kingdom of darkness. I give you power to tread on them. They're under your feet. That's what he's saying. And over all, all, would you say all? All the power of the enemy. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Don't rejoice in this. That they've done today on the televisions and the God channels. Rejoicing about the great power that they have. If though they're doing it. It's the power of Jesus Christ. It's all the glory to him. Just rejoice your name's in heaven. That's what he's saying. Just rejoice that your name is in heaven. This was about his kingdom, his glory, his authority, his power, and his rule. Satan's grip on humanity was going to be loosened by the anointed Christ, his glorious earthly ministry. And ultimately, the display of his power would be when he was hanging on that central cross, 
When Jesus died on the cross, when he became sin, when he tasted death for us, he overcame death, he overcame sin, and he overcame him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and he defeated him on the cross. We heard it a few weeks ago. He cried, it is finished. And he annihilated the powers of darkness on the shameful cross. Colossians 2.15 says that having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly and he triumphed over them in it. Hebrews 2.14 that through death he would destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Would you say amen? amen? Jesus is the great victor this morning. Through the cross. But how many people know from the cross the ascension of Jesus Christ right to this date today? Is it the 17th of February? It's 2019. It's not right. 17th of February, 2019. How many people know that we are in a conflict? Anybody know that? If you're saved, you know you're in a battle, right? If you're in no battle this morning... I need to encourage you. I need to talk to you just about the life that you're living. If you're saved this morning, you're in a battle, right? You know you're in a battle. Any, if you're saved, are you in a battle? If you're not in a battle, Brother Clendenin used to say it, if you're saved and you're not in the battle and facing the conflict, then you're out of the will of God. The preachers on TV will say, everything's supposed to be all well, Plenty of money, driving the rules, have a big house, money in the bank, bright white teeth and big bushy hair, and you're in the will of God. Well, I've got very little of all of that there, and I know I'm in the will of God, but I'm in a battle. I know I'm in a battle, but I know of a great victor. I know of a great victor. This is the mystery that's been hidden in God. See God's plan. See our God, He's amazing. See the plan of God. It's sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I sort of sitting at my wee desk in the bedroom and I'm reading and I'm going through it. And then I sort of throw the Bible down and I get up and I walk around the room. I'm just going, that's amazing. God, that's amazing. God, your ways are beyond us. It's sort of, it's like the word of God, the Holy Spirit just lifts something off the page, plants it in your heart, is that, surely it's happened. And you just go, my God, that's amazing. And you can't stay in your seat. You have to, I feel it now, sort of going through my bones a wee bit. You don't mind them. Maybe get a bit excited. Something of the word of God just begins to illuminate in your heart. What's that? It's the Holy Ghost. Because he's going to bring everything of what is Christ. And he's going to reveal it to you. And here's one of those verses, Colossians 1 and 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. I think about this. This is for centuries of time, but even before time began, this was all hid in God. This is God's plan. So I think about the Moses and the Abrahams and, and all the greats and the Joshua's and the Caleb's and all these great men, and the Elijah's and the Elisha's, the minor prophets and the major prophets, all these great men, and the Nehemiah's and the Esther's and the Deborah's. I think of all of them in the Old Testament. It was hid from them. 
I was hid from them. They didn't know this. And then I come right up to time when Christ is born and, and he's born of a virgin. He lives that glorious life and he dies on the cross and he rises again on the third day. And he's triumphant over all the power of hell. And he gives us the Holy Ghost. And time comes, generation after generation, century, Roman Empire, Dark Ages, Reformation, Methodist Church, the birth of the Salvation Army, Pentecostal outpouring, awakenings in 1949, 1849, 1727, the Moravian Revival, all those great revivals. And it came right up to the 12th of September, 1993. And there's his waster of a guy called Tim McElrath in a, in a wee place in London. And the grace of God comes pouring in to a heart. This is what it says. But now he's made it manifest to his saints. To whom God will make known. Imagine. Me. You. Sorry if that offends you. But you. Me. Now he would make known what is the riches of his glory. Of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is it? It's Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. Christ in you. Do, do you get it? Do you see it? Does it do anything? Does it awake? Friends, wake up. Are you getting it this morning? Are you with me? Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. This has been hid. And now it's been manifest. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do we get it? Nudge your neighbor or do something. Some people just, they're about to fall off their seat. Get it this morning, friends. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the revelation comes, this wonderful revelation. The salvation of man, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, becoming the vessel of the Lord, enabled by the same Holy Spirit to demonstrate his kingdom through his body, that is, the church. The local assembly of believers. Oh, what an attack on the local assembly of believers there is today. Crumbling at the edges, falling apart trying to build our towers of Babel, trying to reach the skies in our own strength, trying to do the work of God by our own methods. This local assembly of believers, the equivalent of the house of God and the old, but different, not a building made with hands as we heard this morning, but a spiritual gathering. When we gather together in his name, this place becomes the holy of holies. Think about it. Are you going to the meeting? Not today. Matches on. Things to do. My favourite film's on. Emmerdale. Hope not. I hope not. I hope not, man. Because that's how people live their lives. They watch it and then they live out their lives according to what they watch. Not in the world, in the church. And so we're a priesthood of believers to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We're a holy habitation of God by the Spirit. It's amazing. We're a holy 
habitation of God by the Spirit. Key to this, and I know I'm out of time, I haven't even got started, but we will come again to it. But key to this, key to this, was the, was the ascension and the exaltation of Jesus Christ to the right hand of the Father. This is crucial. This is crucial. For, this is crucial for our, for see spiritual warfare, see all the, we're having a spiritual warfare conference. See all, everything, let me tell you friends, here's the revelation. The exaltation of Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. As Moses sat, remember at the top of the mount, he sat and he had a rod in his hand. That's the authority. When he lifted out those hands and Joshua went into that conflict, they had that victory. Let me tell you something about the difference between Moses and Jesus. Jesus never grows weary. He never faints. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. The authority of Almighty God this morning, the church of Jesus Christ must rise up, not in the power. Self-dependency must go. Self-effort must go. Complete dependency, as Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. His might. And so we come Jesus doesn't have to raise his hands, but we do. We do. God, we need you. We need you for this conflict. We need you for a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He's seated this morning at the right hand of the Father. He's above it all. He's been given a name that's above all names. He's defeated the devil. He's a defeated foe. He stripped him of his power. He defeated him at Calvary. His blood can make the foulest sinner clean. There isn't a sin that a man can commit that cannot be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're struggling now because we're living in a wicked day. But I want to tell you that blood can reach down into the lowest gutter and deliver the vilest of persons. Acts chapter 9 tells me the chief of sinners was saved. If the chief's been saved, we can all make it. We can all make it. And so he sits enthroned, almighty, until he makes all his enemies his footstool. That's our battle. That's our battle. That's our war. That's our conflict. We have a conflict, saints. We have warfare. We have warfare. But the house of God must be pure. Must be pure. Has to be. Do you know, I'll close with this because I know time's gone. I haven't really got started, but I'll close with this. Duncan Campbell was preaching in a in the revival. It was a three-year revival, 1949, 1952, 70 years ago. Listen to a lot of the testimonies the last few weeks. Came to one of the smaller islands where revival hadn't come. Congregation was there. He mounted this. is his words, so I'm just giving you it as it was. He got up to preach, and as he's preaching, he feels that the pulpit's bound. You ever heard that term? He believed that the pulpit was bound. There was a resistance. A resistance. 
And so he recognizing that, and there was no move of the Spirit of God, recognizing that there was a resistance for whatever reason, for whatever was going on, whatever spiritual activity there was, whatever was happening in that congregation, he wasn't really aware. But he did know one thing, that there's that there was intercessors that knew how to pray. See, the pulpit, brothers and sisters, can be bound. Can be bound. Can be bound because there's a resistance, because of whatever's happening in that congregation, whatever's happening in the hearts, hearts not right, resistance. All the things that go on under the surface, God knows. God knows. So he, he got a few intercessors to pray. But he said in particular, would you get a young man, I forget his second name, but this young man was 16 years old and his name was Donald. It's a good Scottish name, isn't it? His name was Donald. Donald was wonderfully saved at 16. Two weeks after he was saved, he was wonderfully baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's the words of Duncan Campbell, by the way. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was saved and he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. But Donald knew how to pray, 16. So Donald's in the meeting. This young 16-year-old is in the meeting. Duncan Campbell has people praying because the pulpit was bound. I encourage you, friends, you pray for the pulpit. You pray for the pulpit. You pray for the freedom of God's Word. You pray for the preacher on the pulpit. I tell you, I ask you to pray for the preacher in the pulpit. Don't be afraid. You're not puffing up the man at the front. Get all that jargon out. Pray for the pulpit. Pray for the man that will handle the word of God. That's not bumming him up or puffing him up, friends. All that junk's away. Forget about all that stuff. Pray for the preaching of God's word and pray for the man that will bring God's word. Don't be afraid to do it. Do it. I ask you to pray. But Donald's sitting, and as he's sitting there, Duncan Campbell says the tears are starting to run down his face, 16 years old. 16 years old. The tears are starting to run down his face. He stands to his feet and he says, I see a door in heaven, and the door's opened. And as I looked in through the door, there's a throne. And in the midst of his throne, there's a lamb. And once Donald said that, the power of Almighty God descended into that there little church. And instantly, Duncan Campbell says, what was seen and the manifestation of the Spirit, don't try to tell God how to do it. Don't try to get him to do it like he's done it before. But he says the right-hand side of the church suddenly all went back and their hands went straight in the air and they were like that for two hours. He says you couldn't have broke their arms to get them down. Everyone on the left-hand side all slumped over as the awesome power and glory and weight of God filled that house. He said within two or three days, everyone in that place was saved. And he says the strangest thing happened could only be God. He said there's a village about five miles away. Nobody was at the church from that village. But five miles away, every single house in that village, there was at least one person was saved. 
Donald, who was baptized in the Holy Ghost, got a vision of the wondrous glory and power of the risen Lamb. Brothers and sisters, we are in a battle. We are in a battle. We really are. Games, playing around, this, that, and the other. God's about to clean up his house. You might have heard that before, but I'm going to tell you something. He is. You know what he's looking for? Not happy people. He's looking for holy people. I'm going to tell you something. When he makes you holy, you'll be happy. It's not a conflict. When you're holy, you're happy because you're walking in the victory. You're walking in that victory. Friend, listen to me. If I can plead by the grace of God and by the love of God in my heart, there's an unclean spirit. Listen to me. There's an unclean. We're not here to condemn you. I want to tell you something. If my life was put on that screen, I'd run through those doors and you'd probably never see me again. I mean that seriously. But I know there is victory and I know there's power in that blood. But God wants to do a work in his people for the demonstration of his kingdom as that devil is evicted. He's driven out. And to know the glory and the restoration of sins forgiven. God wants to do a work in your life. Friend, God wants to do a work in your life. God wants to do a work in your life. We're not here to cast you out. Thank God we're here to show you there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Still flows. There's still power in the blood. But God's looking holy people. Is that you, friend? Is that me? Is my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Have I lifted my soul up to vanity? Is it all about me? Is it trying for me? God is about to clean up his house. Are you willing to be cleaned up? I am. Are you? There's mercy with God. Let's pray together this morning.